The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Watching SpaceX this morning, set for the maiden test launch of its new Starship, the most powerful rocket ever built. We're going to stay on top of those developments. Meantime, futures pretty steady as the earnings picture heats up. 62 S&P companies this week, including some financials today. Our roadmap is going to begin with a big week for corporate results. Tesla, Netflix, as we said, a bunch of S&Pers, Dow Components, Schwab and M&T crossing the tape this morning. Plus, we're going to have Google CEO, or at least we're not going to have him, but he is saying that AI, uh, well, there's a warning there. Society yeah. isn't ready for its rapid advancement and that, quote, it can cause a lot of harm. And as Carl mentioned, it is SpaceX's most powerful rocket launch ever. We're going to bring you Starship's maiden voyage. That's going to be a little bit later, live this hour. Let's begin a new week for the markets and a busy earnings calendar, Jim. We've had 30 S&Pers so far. The beat rate's 90%. Best week one in a decade. Look, we came in with the lowest expectations. Uh, I, last night I was reading, reading back over J.P. Morgan. This may have been the best J.P. Morgan quarter ever. I mean, there, not a lot of uh, loan losses, a huge amount of business. Obviously, they took in a lot of uh, money in the second half. Uh, they made a lot of money because people have not really pulled out of the low uh, yielding to go into the high yielding yet. David, throughout the ones that we saw last week, people just aren't that savvy. And they're perfectly willing to keep their money in the bank and not move to something higher yielding as fast as you would have thought. So there was more money made as there was a lag, more of a question of how smart the deposit base is. Right. I mean, again, they are over time expecting deposits to erode. And it's important to point that out. But they did get this inflow of deposits that we all knew about. We discussed on Friday, we all knew was most likely happening during that two-week period, let's call it, uh, in early March, and they benefited from that. But it was a lot of other things. You know, interestingly, though, as the day went on, Wells Fargo did not no. perform as well, and you were positive I, on that. Yeah, day. I mean, some people felt the expenses weren't that good. They had to hire 10,000 people in uh, compliance. I mean, once again, uh, look, I thought Charlie, did a, Charlie Sharp did a good job. They, they bought back $4 billion worth of stock. They had, had good loan, uh, really, really excellent loan, control, loan loss control. But, you know, Carl... This had to have been, this was a bank of scandal. And they are working through, and he's just trying to check boxes. He, and he, I, I just, what a run amok situation this was. And to think that Charlie Sharp was one of the smartest operators in the world has still not completed what happened in 20, 2018 censure. It's extraordinary how poorly run, how out of control it was. And uh, Charlie's going to get it together. One of the reasons why I felt it was going to be a good year is that I think maybe he finally roots out all, everybody else who's left. I don't know how they, the government let this thing go on for years. Well, two things I want to get you on. One was um, small banks on Friday lagged big by yes. five standard deviations. That got a lot of notice. But then we got the, the, the data Friday night on bank lending, and you had small and large uh, loan growth uh, increasing right. and emergency lending down for three straight right. weeks. 
I, I, I thought that I was encouraged by everything that came out after the close. Uh, now, look, it's it's intermittent. I mean, if you take a look, I think that you're going to see uh, the banks that have just been so hated not go down that much more. Uh, I do think that First Republic, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to. I think they have to do something there. But, uh, David, you know, the regionals are just, I think you're going to see they're hanging in. Uh, now, it depends. I mean, State Street, no. Schwab is trying to hold here at 50, but they did pause their buybacks, they which did. people don't like. They did. And there's still questions at Schwab in terms of how many people are keeping balances there. They're getting paid yeah. 0.35 oh, on. Oh, I know. Uh, and we'll either move them into treasuries or some other much higher yielding instrument. And therefore, obviously, Schwab will not be benefiting as much from that net interest that it's able to capture. Um, what is what about the overall market as we head into this week, Jim? Look, we're, this, I, I don't want to get. I mean, the great thing about the market had been that there were such low expectations, and then J.P. Morgan, which is the biggest. You know, I'm reading House of Morgan by Ronald Chernow, and that was written in 1990. But the dominance of this bank for like how many years already? And and there, there was a level of levity to the conference call where it's like, hey, you know what? This is, we're as good as we've all. We're still kings. I, mean, I, I just I, I just don't think you're going to get anybody as good as they were. So if you start out with the, the best performing box office and then the box office goes down, that's how I think the banks are going to be. Um, you have said pretty clearly that this is a bull market. Yes, we're in a bull market. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Lee uh, this morning looking at the last 20 days, 65 percent of those days have been up days. I saw Tom spot on. I know Tom. It might, some people feel he's a permable. That's not true. Uh, I think that what he's saying is, is that. There's just there's a lot of breath. Now, some people say, wait a second, it's still being led by, we know, artificial intelligence. We should talk more about what was said by by uh, Pinchai, Google. But I do think that there's an element of trampoline here again where you go down and you have to buy. I mean, look at Caterpillar. There was a couple of days, there's downgrades to Caterpillar, and the stock goes to 209. And then you look, and it's like, boom, the stock's back in 223. That's the kind of market we have right now. It's resilient. And we haven't seen resilience uh, in 18 months. So it's yeah. very, very small. Well, and now you got these like take Empire this morning looking for a negative read of 18. We get a positive 10. Prices paid go from 41 to 33. I mean, that's that's a oh, good setup. Good. And I went back over the CPI. I've got to tell you, the CPI is focused on rent. And when you go and you look at what the, the calculation of rent, David, like rent is overweighted, I think, in this index and therefore causes the CPI to be a little more negative. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of other expenses in your day-to-day that are under it. Like insurance hurt your CPI and housing hurt your CPI, but housing is rent. And we just, we don't have enough rentals. I mean, that's what it is. If we built more rentals, if we overbuilt rentals, then the CPI would come down. And that's what not, we should not key on that. That should not be what Powell keys on. When I look at that index, it's not, it's, if you did chat and said, give me a better index, it would do it. Right. Uh, well, it's not clear that Powell does key on it, is it? No, but we key on it because we think, let's put it, probably five hours of our daytime was t- spent talking about it. Yeah. Well, people well, are now looking at Yellen's comments over the weekend uh, where she said to CNN, some of this credit tightening could do some of the Fed's work for it. Is she trying to send a shot across the bow over to, over to the Fed? Well, uh, I think that that's exactly the opposite of what they've been saying. Well, they put out these people from various Feds who would say no. But when you look at what J.P. Morgan Wells Fargo uh, said, City, look, by the way, City was acting as if this was a boom time. City was a boom time quarter. Yep. But Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan say, listen, everything is getting more 
rational. And if it was getting more rational, it would almost be like what happened in March made things a little more, a little cooler, not so cool um, that they're done, but certainly uh, cool enough that they don't have to do a lot of hikes. And, you know, that's the wrap. That's the wrap, and that's the yelling wrap. And I think it's going to turn out to be correct. One more, maybe not. What are you doing? Looking at this release from Roblox, have you seen this? Guys? Oh my, David! I'm glad you brought it up because um, not only did they have bad monthly we do numbers, have but a, we have a few movers this morning, and Roblox is going to be amongst them. Yes. It's because of March, what we'll yep. call the March metrics, key yep. metrics they released for the month of March. Daily active users, 66.2 million. That was up 26 percent year over year. Hours engaged, 4.8 billion. You can see what it's doing to the stock price. If I were them, I would stop releasing monthly numbers. Estimated revenue again. But clearly, these numbers, not what had been anticipated, at least by many investors. Again, we'll see how the stock opens when we begin trading 22 minutes from now. But uh, Jim and Carl, they Roblox, think was funny. These, they these stopped, metrics. They kinda, cease monthly. That's it. They're not going to give you monthly numbers anymore. <laughs> now, I find this is one of my just a supposition, Carl. I've been work, working at this for a long time. I, you know, from, from fourth grade. From fourth grade, when you discontinue monthly numbers, that does not mean the monthly numbers are going to start going up, right? I mean, you don't discontinue them because you're in like a streak. Um, meanwhile, you got Montana uh, banning TikTok across the state. I know, Montana. Um, and Roblox and Snap and Meta are among the names ostensibly that would get some timeshare if that were to get extended. Uh, the timeshare stocks are hot. Uh, I do think that Meta... Like, there was somebody, you know, New Street downgraded Meta. New Street, I don't know. I have a lot of potholes in my New Street. I, I, but Meta is on fire. And I, I've been doing a lot of work with Meta. Okay, so here's what I'm coming up with. I think Zuckerberg is spending all his time on AI uh, and his time well spent. I think that, that Reels is more and more part of the, you know, you get shown Reels by the young, you know, it's on Reels. Like, oh, my God, it's on Reels. You're not just looking TikTok? No. And I think that, that Instagram's way above where it was last quarter. And they fired a lot of people. I mean, I, Amazon needs to take a playbook from them. Amazon's so sick of me saying that, that I just did it just to, because they think they're so powerful. But I did order a lot of Tide, comes every month. Uh, well, one thing, uh, we mentioned AI this morning. Alphabet's down in the pre-market. The Times this morning reports that Samsung had considered replacing Google with Microsoft-owned Bing as the default search engine on its devices. Meantime, uh, Pichai uh, on 60 Minutes last night talking about the risks of AI. It will be possible with AI to create uh, you know, a video easily where it could be Scott saying something or me saying something and we never said that and it could look accurate. But, you know, at a societal scale, you know, it can cause a lot of harm. Time says that that Samsung news, though, really jolted uh, the executives within Alphabet. Oh. And that's why the stock is down, yeah. uh, at least Bing. appears to be down. The idea that Bing could replace um, as the default search engine on Samsung devices. That was uh, Yeah, if it were if it were to be the case. Now, obviously, the Times reporting they're working on an entirely new search platform driven by this AI. We have pointed out many times that Alphabet, despite all the years they spent, how could they be behind or at least appear to be behind? It's not clear their technology is behind, but their commercialization and getting something to market well, was. I think there are a lot of people internally there who felt that if more catches on, the less likely you're going to start reading on this page that has this cluttered millions of ads. I mean, I think Google is very vulnerable to the jumble of ads that come up when you, when you hear something. And it would have 
you know, they just say, well, give me the best X. Bing didn't have to worry, and then they ads anyway. So Bing has, it's really a, a less to lose situation. But at this point, wow. I mean, I think that, I think that a lot of what happened with 60 Minutes was to show Samsung at all. Deep mind is big. We're good. We're well ahead of the situation. And what they had, Hemingway had a Hemingway short story. They were doing a lot of cool things last night. They were, um, they were doing cool things. What, what is interesting now, Pichai was talking specifically about the idea, I think, of these what they call the deep fakes. Yes. Where somebody could create a, 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 a video of you. And by the way, it's something we all need to be aware of, frankly, because it could have you saying something or me or any of us saying something and it could to the to the user appear to be truly us well, this is on the a platform with a, with a but, totalitarian regime. Yes. But but what you also hear from a lot of these leaders right now in AI is just a which is interesting and unprecedented in some ways is they're constantly asking the government to st- step in and stop right. us. Give us some guardrails. <laughs> stop us from 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 uh, what we're doing. We're in a competition. We can't stop because our competitors won't stop or other countries won't stop, but at the same time we kind of feel like we do need to, in a way, have guardrails. And it's very much unclear, Carl, whether the government's going to be prepared to really step in here with appropriate guardrails for AI. Meanwhile, you had Musk uh, a couple of weeks ago sign on to that letter saying, let's take a six-month break. And then Friday night, the FT says he's working on it himself. Hey, look, I mean, he got... What do you do when you want to have... When you want to have... Let's see if David's a quiz. Is this the real David? If it's real David, maybe not. What do you do when you decide you want to have a, a rival open AI? What do you do? Wait, I'm, I'm not understanding the question. When you want to have a question. rival, when Elon Musk wants to... R- r- create a rival yeah, to create open a rival. AI. What do you to, do? What do you do? You go to Jensen Wong and yep. you say, listen, oh, I want every yeah. H100. I want every other of your powerful chips. And China is not allowed to have the, those chips. But now we're starting to see, are there walk, workarounds? Can China get their, their chips? But you can't really work this without... Jensen. Without the GPUs, and by the way, Google has a relationship from with Nvidia, and but we should point out more. again. I think it's important now to point out the, this because people need to understand this uh, this chain. We, they need the GPUs from Nvidia, which are designed by Nvidia, one of the most valuable semiconductor companies, or maybe the most in the world. The most, well, Taiwan Semi, which are made by Taiwan, Taiwan Semi. Semi. Okay, which, the designs are delivered to Taiwan Semi, which then makes the chips because they make 80-plus percent of all the advanced chips right, in the world. Right, and we did have a warship there. I'm doing a piece tonight about that, about how lightly uh, defended Taiwan and, is. Wow. And that then lends itself to the larger conversation that we're having and that others have about the geopolitical risks of this competition Pretty between severe. China and the U.S. and where it leads. I think you're dead right. I, By the way, of, think. I mean, the other day I thought it was interesting when he talked about he talked about think, uh, China being having an inflationary impact because of the decoupling. Um, I've had other executives talk to me about, well, you know, China could be slowing dramatically I know. because of the decoupling. But, and I heard that. And China, then what do they do? But they're buying a lot of Hermes. They're like worse than we are in terms of like that like class Palm Beach. Like their Palm Beach is bigger. Yeah. Here's what's so strange about China. LVMH and Hermes had unbelievable numbers. Uh, And yet there are other people who are saying that China's doing the property section, maybe doing a little better, but not. But the Belt and Road, which is their trillion dollar (laughs) issue, they're getting killed. Bad bad loans. Yeah. And when you go to Milan, like you said, welcome to Milan, Belt and Road. And then you realize, no, it's China. Chinese are welcoming to Milan. I want to be welcomed by, I don't know, uh, Da Vinci. Da Vinci should be more of a welcome. 
Right? Sure. Last Supper. You know, go with me on this. Then she's good. There's something in different parts. Sophia Loren would be nice. I mean, bat, you know, maybe so to cool. say hi. How about him? Huh? Hey. How about him? Not yeah. bad. I didn't know you knew pop culture. <laughs> so often. I rely on him most. <laughs> Take a look at the pre-market. As we're talking, uh, we did get some stories on the tape here saying that uh, Elon Musk on this uh, Starship launch, the pressurant valve appears to be frozen. Uh, so unless that begins to work uh, very soon, there will be no launch today. Oh, that's what we're, I'm just hearing from somebody at the launch site oh, that it may be uh, South Padre, it may be scrubbed. Yeah. We'll watch that. Futures here mixed. We're back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Live shot here of SpaceX's Starbase in Texas, where Elon Musk's company has just scrubbed the launch of its Starship rocket. Let's bring in Morgan Brennan at HQ, talk about what pressure and valves are. Morning, Morgan. <laughs> Hi, uh, Carl. That's right. So the highly anticipated, highly awaited first orbital test flight of SpaceX's Starship has been scrubbed for today. So all the folks that are tuning in, all of the investors that have been waiting for this moment uh, will have to wait a little bit longer. It, uh, you'll notice that the countdown clock, or I don't know if it's up on the screen, but the countdown clock's still going. The reason is because even though the launch itself has been scrubbed for today, they are continuing with a wet dress rehearsal, meaning that they are continuing to fuel this mega, mega rocket system uh, right now, basically uh, in a run to see how that process goes. But you're not going to see fire. This is not going to get off the uh, launch pad in Starbase, uh, Texas. Today, after all, this has been so closely watched, Carl, because when Elon Musk talks about colonizing Mars, this is the mega system that is poised to do that. It's also contracted with NASA to the tune of a $3 billion contract to land Americans and astronauts back on the surface uh, of the moon. And whenever it does get off the ground, it will make history because it will be the most powerful rocket to ever fly in human history, period. So talk about, for people, Morgan, who are just coming to the story, is it about 
uh, the pounds of thrust that make this possible? What What is different about the rocket itself? Uh, there is a number of things. The first is that it is essentially the holy grail of uh, spaceflight. It is a system that has been designed to be fully reusable. We know that SpaceX's other rockets, the Falcon 9, its workhorse, and the Falcon Heavy, have first stage boosters and other aspects of the rockets that return to Earth to be reused over and over again. Starship has been designed for the entire system, both this uh, booster um, that is double, nearly double, twice the thrust of the SLS rocket, NASA's rocket that flew last year that is currently the most powerful in operation, um, but also the Starship part of the system itself, which is the part that will take cargo to low Earth orbit, to the moon, eventually to Mars and other parts of deep space, as well as eventually humans. So it is, uh, it is very closely watched because once they tap that reusability aspect, uh, which has never been attempted before, you're talking about launch costs that are going to fall dramatically. Elon Musk has put an ambitious price tag of $10 million on that. The Falcon 9 is $67 million, just to put, uh, put that in perspective. Yeah, it changes the entire unit economics of uh, space travel. Uh, pretty incredible, and we'll be looking for a launch uh, when they reschedule, Morgan. Uh, we'll talk in a bit. Morgan Brown Might this be 420. Morning. We'll see. Uh, oh, yeah, that would make sense, uh, knowing Elon. Coming up, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Futures here a little steady ahead of uh, a week in which earnings are definitely going to accelerate. Don't go anywhere. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Well, we've been paying attention to the big banks, uh, the regionals, and now the trusts today. Look at State Street uh, down about 13.5% as they missed by 12 cents. Revenue shy. BNY Mellon, who's going to report later in the week, also following with a 4.5% decline. Opening bell coming up in a couple of minutes. And don't forget, you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. All right, we're uh, about to get an opening bell two minutes from now, but that does leave us time to squeeze in a mad dash. You want to hit Chipotle? Yeah, not, this is not about my friend Ellen Haley knocking a baseball cap off of a guy, which is on Twitter if you want to look at it. Tremendous. Chipotle. Okay, get this. Truest raises from 1800 to 1960 But David, yes, McDonald's is doing great, and there's a nice piece on McDonald's, but uh, this is the back to the ascendance. Back to the ascendance of Chipotle. And it's because they had the fajita quesadilla, which I don't know if you had. That was really good. But the chicken apple store, uh, uh, they're back to having menu items that drive their sales up. And it's an exciting time because look at that stock. It's finally breaking out after multi-year consolidation. And I like it to go to 2000. I do. I like it to go to 2000. On the continued strength of these items that are going to drive well, traffic. Yeah, because I think that what's happened is, is they got their groove back. I think that everybody got hurt by the pandemic and a lack of creativity. But this company is so well run. Brian Nicholson, spectacular. And I don't know, we get Chipotle all the time at the office, and we're just always amazed that the variety is now fantastic again. And we're begging them to get the brisket back, because the brisket was such a, I don't know if you had the brisket. Brisket, well, Chipotle's Mexican. I don't know if you know that. Uh, I was, but that it, I was aware of, yeah. But it is spectacular. On, they're on their game like they haven't been in, I, since, I don't know, 
10 years ago. Well, the key is, I mean, we know menu items can draw traffic, yes. but you can't make the kitchen too complex, and that's clearly what uh, at least Nichols' legacy is going to well, be. Well, I think he's. Yeah, they've got machines where they can. They're, they're probably, I think, the most forward of anyone trying to uh, not replace high-level people, but the, the editing is drudgery, which is what you want chat to do, right? You want to replace drudgery, not people. I mean, people, I mean, creative people should stay creative. Uh, but I don't know. Right? Adobe Firefly and, and chat is better than almost everybody. Let's get the opening bell here. Kick off a busy week at the big board this morning. It is FedEx celebrating its 50th anniversary. company to another level. It's about to break out. David, do you remember when they were inefficient? Well, Raj is changing that. And I think FedEx is an amazing stock to watch, particularly if there's UPS labor problems. There's big, big Teamsters contract coming up. Of which he so you're, talk so about you're now a believer in the potential transformation? Did it, did it take yeah, I mean, uh, having Fred sort of step aside to a certain extent? No, I think that Fred left it, got Europe together, but Fred knew it was time. And I think this Raj Subramanian is so for real. He came on our show, said he saw a recession coming, saw it ahead, cut back. They're now, they're, they, what they did was, if you ever won the conference yeah, saw were, a recession coming that didn't come. Sorry, what? I know, I just, I didn't, mean to, didn't mean to touch you. <laughs> I mean, like, come what on, are you man? talking about? You, Space. You want hugs all the time, and now you don't want me to touch you? I want, it on my, I want it on my terms. Um, now, get this. They used to have these three different divisions. So you own the conference school, it's like three different companies one company now and there's just layers upon layers of management that are coming along it's been put together you know pretty quickly and now without those layers we're talking about four billion dollars are going to save of which by the way it is four billion so you know these people put out like and we're going to save like 17 billion over 280 years <laughs> this thing is happening right this thing is happening in real time and I think the stock, that's a chart. I wish you'd do a longer-term chart. You would see, if you went to 2021, the breakout that you're about to have here. There, that's a head and shoulders. That's not so good. But I, believe me, it's, it's, it's a breaking out here. It's, it is. It's I believe you. We, I mean, well, yeah, we believe you. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Stop touching so, me. Glad we dealt with that. I, I, I didn't mean, mean to. God, yeah, you know, react yeah. like Fox that. check. You know, hey, Bob, you know, your wife's like, hey, did you go to kids you get the uh, tomatoes? Fox check. <laughs> well, we are going to get, for example, um, CSX on Thursday, right? We're going to get some, some, some color, at least, on industrial activity. And Union Pacific. I'm worried about Union Pacific. Maybe we'll find out while, uh, while Lance Fritz. How, what happened there? They said, oh, the transition's been going for a while. I'm like, no one knew the transition. Reminded me of the old Starbucks transition everybody's supposed to have known, but nobody knew. But I, I, I want to know about that. And then I think the most important thing that happened this weekend was Prometheus was unbound. Merck is buying Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus, I had them on. I'm going to have them on tonight, both Merck, hit, Merck and Prometheus. Oh, you are? You're yeah. having both of them on? Well, nice. Yeah. Let because, me just repeat that. Both um, of them are coming on. Yeah, R Rob Davis the runs Rob Merck. Davis, CEO of Merck, and uh, the CEO of Prometheus. Yeah, well, we have Prometheus on, and I was like so, but it tripled. And I was like, will you give me a break? I mean, come on. But if autoimmune diseases, frankly, a lot of people don't want to talk about them. They have them. And they may be embarrassed, or may be difficult, but this may be the first new targeted 
autoimmune that a lot of people are waiting for, family members waiting for. Why, why is there uh, a, uh, why do you think that people are reluctant? Is it because some might not believe it's true? No, or? no, I think they're embarrassed that it can cause things that are. We're talking about Crohn's and colitis, yeah. for right. example. And, you, know, um, or, you know, also if you have, you can get, I mean, I'll just say lumps certain places that you don't, it can be unsightly, it can right. be painful, right. and it's so broad, and they really don't have but anything. They, yeah, they've got things that do 50%, 60% chance, which in that, with that illness is, is good. This is targeted, so maybe we can really make some progress. And this can really help Merck uh, by the time they get to the key Truda uh, loss of exclusivity. I think this stuff, Prometheus, if you go to the website, you'll see it's no longer just like they hit, they hit you with a nuclear bomb. They target and that's what's so necessary. Uh, I'm glad you talked about the science. Let me give you a little bit of background to the, to the transaction sure. itself. Because, of course, $10.8 billion makes it one of the larger deals. By the way, best we can tell, largest dollar price ever paid for a company that's only out of phase two. Wow. Phase two trials. Very, now those phase com- two trial was amazing. The phase though. two trials in December, as Jim knows, uh, were very strong. And the stock moved up appreciably at that point. But, of course, you're talking about a 75% premium to where it was trading. The other day, uh, that is a result, I'm told as well, by people who are involved from what was competition uh, to buy this asset. So you can assume, and I've been told by people who know, that there was competition to buy oh, the asset. Yes. Uh, wow. Merck obviously uh, came out on top. As you point out, Jim, Keytruda comes off patent at the end of the decade. The belief is that you're, in phase, you're moving into phase three now. For this company that maybe you get a drug on the market by 2027. Um, and that, in addition to the Acceleron deal, which they announced back right. in September of 21, again, around the same dollar amount, 11, 11 and a half billion dollars, will position Merck uh, to deal with Keytruda coming off patent by having a portfolio of these uh, drugs and immunology in, in, in an important area. So, um, Interesting. We've seen these kinds of deals before. They do typically come with large premiums, although the dollar amount here is quite a large one. Uh, and again, only out of phase two. But a lot of these companies, you know, they're not phase three is expensive. Then commercializing. This is not an orphan drug. This is requiring a large sales force. There is some competition in the market already. And so if you are Prometheus, you're probably thinking now's a good time to sell, particularly off those very strong results. Right, but remember, they did this big, uh, they did a big offering. They came on after the offering, which is so much better. Some of these companies come on, they hype their stock, and then they do an offering. But when I didn't want to believe, because it just sounded, if they could really do stuff for even for old, for uh, irritable bowel, irritable bowel and yeah. for, uh, maybe lupus, who knows. But what was amazing was the stock had already tripled. And I said, oh, well, I'm late on, yeah, we're like late on this. And right at the end, I told McKenna, who was the CEO, I said, my God, we're not late. And he said, no, early. It's and funny. I, Sometimes I we, we talk so often exactly. about IPOs of you know, technology companies, as often we should. But, I mean, this is a 10-bagger on the IPO price. And it was only a couple of years ago, well, I think, you, Jim. Who wanted to take a chance on that phase two? Yeah. So many phase twos fail for, for all um, of you. And, uh, by the way, largest shareholder, one of the largest shareholders, Cedar sinai Great. Cedar Sinai, because it was their biobank right, that contributed that. to it. And then Nestle, also a very large shareholder, uh, as a result of something they spun but kept a stake in. Well, this um, is for real, and I, I want Merck's. Merck is so much more than just. Have you noticed how Merck is so much more than cancer now? Yes. And that is so smart, because look at what happened with Pfizer. It got in that rut, okay? 
they just didn't develop new stuff, and they didn't get any credit for what they did with with. Uh, no, well, Pfizer coming off announcing an enormous deal, of course, one of the biggest of the year, the C-Gen deal, only a couple, few weeks ago. These guys, the big guys, are back looking for a pipeline, and yeah. they're buying it again. Yeah, for a long time they didn't buy anything. No. Uh, there is some buying going on. Uh, uh, GSK? For those who are looking for deals, I am hearing some sort of green shoots, what? some positive, you know, because I make a round of calls on deals like this, and everybody else is like, yeah, you know what, things are feeling a little better. Really? Yeah. So we'll see if we get... Is that all, not, not in this area, per se. I'm just saying generally. For private? No, for public companies. Public. Yeah, for public well, companies. Well, there's so many biotech, but the... And I'm involved in it with the drug myself, and, you know, you get phase two... And if it's any good and it's, it's, it's something new, phase three is just millions of dollars. So it's like if you're Prometheus, they had the money to do it. But, you know, Merck needed it more than Prometheus needed them. I saw the same thing with uh, Biohaven, with their migraine drug. Pfizer just paid a fortune for it. Uh, uh, Vlad Church, who runs Biohaven, knew he couldn't get the drug, anyone to know about the drug. It's, it's called Nurtech. I'm doing a, a, I'm MC for the American Brain Foundation. Uh, gala, and I'm always shocked that there's this Neurotech migraine medicine that Pfizer has, and no one's heard of it. I mean, I brought I brought on a Dr. Borla to talk about it because no one's heard of this stupid drug. I mean, not stupid; it's a great drug. It, it gets rid of your migraine in 15 minutes. And I see people say, "Listen, I have a migraine. Oh my God, it's so horrible!" So no, take this. But just they couldn't get the word out because they were a small drug company. Prometheus could not get the word out. And right. This no, is there is a reason drug. why companies like this choose to sell at a particular time. Oh, that's a great And obviously reward, reward their shareholders. Reward their shareholders. Yeah, there was competition. Really? Um, that's very Speaking exciting. of competition, guys, uh, Alphabet shares are down because of uh, the continued concern about competition from Microsoft. We've talked about it so often here, of course, over these last weeks, since really the introduction of ChatGPT. We're now ChatGPT4, and we've questioned as to why Google, which seemed to be far ahead perhaps and deep mind and what it was doing uh, failed to be ahead when it came to the marketplace, Jim. Uh, the latest report is a New York Times story that goes into sort of a broader story but includes the fact that, uh, that Samsung, Samsung, which uses Android, might even be considering using Bing as the default search engine for its phones. Um, again, they use Android and they have for a long time as their operating system, Google's Android. It seems hard to imagine they could actually make that move. But that's a New York Times story. As much as $3 billion in annual revenue at stake with that Samsung contract, which is up, which is up for, very big. Uh, for bidding. So you're seeing that. Can you imagine how worried? Can you imagine you're working at that huge part of their, oh, God, come on. It's like the, it, it, they are. That's what they are, the search. And yeah, that's what they are. You find yourself as existential for them. Well, that's um, why there's been so much speculation about what the structure of the Apple default search deal is. How, when, no one really knows. When does it end? How much is it worth? But clearly, um, I mean, the estimates are somewhere in the $15 billion oh, range. Well, I mean, I have friends who use Bing. They say it's not junked up. It's what I always hear. It's not junked up. And uh, I think that Alphabet's got, was pretty fat. I mean, plus they spend a lot of money on things that don't work. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they, Amazon is I, in I, an existential I, crisis over AI. I don't think they're caught up enough. You don't? No, I do not. I think they're behind. And then all these players in AI, as we said earlier, fascinatingly, are competing with each other and then yelling and saying, please, government, save us from ourselves, which well, is something else for us to be considering. By the way, Jassy's note said that, 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 that AI is everything. Now, the difference is, is Zuckerberg knows AI is everything, but he doesn't talk about it. Well, he just talks about efficiency. 
Uh, I mean, you, got, you got P. Shy saying the same. Have we played any of the Did you watch from the, the, um, from the yeah. 60 Minutes interview? A little we, bit. A little bit in the A block. Did we play one thing? You know, they, they start in the morning not knowing chess. In the evening, they can beat the, the number one well, chess I'm a, player. On a much smaller scale, but still interesting. I don't know if you've seen Chegg today uh, rolling out what they're calling Checkmate, which is a study aid Chegg tailored for students. Uh, which is based on some of these models. Stock's not moving, but it is higher. I saw that there was a Chegg executive uh, that praised Frank. I don't know if you follow Frank at all. Frank? Frank. Frank. Yeah, J.P. Morgan, Frank. And father. There, this was a great piece this weekend about fraud, and they got had. I mean, look, everybody's getting had. What they're talking about is there was this, le- this wave of, of fraudsters. Basically, now Chegg is, you know, it's, it's not Dan. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, you know, look, let's just put it this way. That there was a, when you have some, a, a lot of people doing different things in FinTech. Yeah. That are supposed to be good. Uh, JP Morgan bought oh, one. Oh, you're and, talking and, about the company yeah. and the lady. Yeah. Who was, it, yeah I, yes. Right. All right. right. But I'm saying that in the New York Times article, they had, and it was endorsed possibly on uh, on Twitter by a Chegg executive, but it was not Dan Rosenzweig. But I just say that uh, Chegg, all of these guys are following what's going on in uh, in public company, I mean companies that are trying to go public that can't and get bought. And that was I mentioned Frank. Just got it. Okay. Of interest with Chegg. Got, got much, it. You know. Yep. It's, it's mm-hmm. just kind of sure. Whatever you say. <laughs> just. Follow yeah. me here. Let me let me go. Oh yeah, we all followed along on that one. <laughs> I just thought this article was very interesting in the Times. Was it the Times? I mean, it was about how many. You know, there's Ozzy and it was uh, Theranos. There was so. I want to get back to what, what, whether the, Sundar Pichai, who was uh, just on 60 yeah. Minutes, should you know, should they be making a change in leadership at that company? Like, wow, isn't this existential? For them? Well, I mean, Deep Mind guy, the British guys, they seem like really smart. Why, why weren't they leading? It's a lot of bureaucracy at Alphabet, it feels like, doesn't it? It's, I think that, uh, look, I, my chapel trust owns it. I'm worried about the Justice Department. I'm worried about this. I'm going to go to Jeff Marks and we got to downgrade this thing. I mean, they have, really, yeah, they have dozens and dozens of projects related to AI that have been in the works for years. Right, but Bing is for real. People are using Bing. I mean, that's just... Bing was dead. I'm just There's using Lazarus. chat. I'm just going to AI ChatGPT. I'm, I'm just using it directly. I'm not going to Bing. But well, the 60 Minutes uh, Plus, whatever it is, the one we watch after, that was done. It was, it was chat. It wasn't real. It's pretty scary. It's serious. The figures were. Look, um, I, I think you're right, David. I've not even heard anybody say what you just said. Well, I said it. I've heard a lot of people say so tell it. I don't, by the way, I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's going to happen. Because I heard too big to attack, too big to go after, not the right size, not like Salesforce, which is the right size. You know, size. listen, you've got certain shareholders who've been complaining. Uh, the Children's Fund, right? Chris Hahn is a large holder and has been, it's a controlled company, but. Wow. Um, You're going to make headlines for that, too. No, I'm not making any headlines. I simply ask the questions. You're the one who makes the headlines. I was going to focus on Northern Trust. When you're not talking about things like Frank and taking us down roads that nobody has any idea what you're talking about. It was the Chegg executive. Oh, no. Why did I bring it up again? I'm sorry. Let's (laughs) move on. All right. But um, I want to talk banks just for one second. Okay, Okay. Uh, A bank that's not doing well today, Coinbase, finally, crypto seems to have reached a level. Uh, It looks like Bitcoin 30K is, is, is hard to get to. And. Hard to get through. And these trust banks, Northern Trust, 
that was probably the most easy thing to think about. And that's going to be the, what people are going to say is like, hey, listen, the banks are, are hurt. The trust banks aren't doing that well. And that's true. It's just true. They, they had their money. People had their money in them. And right. Them out. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've said this isn't. We said the trust banks could be trouble. Trust banks. And what's, what's BNY? The deposits BNY can move tomorrow. fast. Yep. The deposits can move fast. Faster than ever. Uh, on the other hand, Jim, we do have uh, Goldman tomorrow and B of A. I'm worried about both just because J.P. Morgan was so great that it's, it's going to be difficult. I think Brian Moyne is doing a terrific job, but J.P. Morgan, every line item was terrific. And it's almost you're not going to get every line item great uh, at, uh, at Bank of America. It just can't be. Uh, Goldman, obviously, there's been very little capital markets activity. It didn't really matter that much to J.P. Morgan, which was really extraordinary. It will matter greatly to Goldman. I want to know if Goldman's going to take the take the charge that I think they should on consumer, or at least split off consumer, because they got to go back to being the premium wealth management and not being the wealth management for the masses. So I don't think they're very good at that. But we'll see what David Solomon says. I think David knows what their strengths are and is going to make changes as, as per what's necessary. So I think Goldman. I'm looking for a new Goldman to appear, which is it's kind of a new. It's like old Coke, new Coke. I'm looking to go back to old code. So you're, you're not, I mean, some of the bull arguments lately have been, oh, here's one with not so much consumer exposure. That's what I want. I don't want consumer exposure. I, I want commercial exposure. Hey, by the way, you know what another thing's happened? Cons- this, this real estate, commercial real estate, not a factor on any of these. They all, they're all talking about A, a buildings mostly. You know, I know that's in the eye of the beholder, David, but A buildings right. in dense areas where you can't build. And... One of the th- big, the, the bears on commercial real estate, Barry Stern, look, terrific guy. If he reads through these, maybe he's skeptical, but wow, commercial real estate. You would take that off the table as a worry after just listening to City, Wells Fargo, and J.P. Although Reckler, with some tweets over the weekend, I think, or the last couple days. Scott Reckler who, from RxR, one of the bigger uh, uh, owners here in, in the New York City. Um, from Midtown? So, yeah, Midtown. Yeah. That certainly continues to be concerned for some. It's... What was the commentary that, what was it specifically that encouraged you about what you heard in these, uh, well, with, you know, Charlie, from the big banks? Charlie Sharp was saying, listen, we are in New York and we were in San Francisco, so I was ready to lower the boom. He's a straightforward guy. And he said, look, our buildings are doing well and we have eight buildings. And then Jamie Dimon pretty much dismissed it as an issue at all. Kind of yeah. like, yeah, our buildings are great. I mean, what's the problem? Everybody's current. And they're giving you a granular, level of granularity that you really feel they really are well, not concerned. You know, I think if there is debt on many of these B buildings that are, first of all, 50 or 60 percent occupied at best uh, and uh, facing an uncertain future. But th- those guys don't And about to, about to ratchet up in terms of their, their loan and their interest rate. It's a different story. Well, we got to find out who really owns them. I mean, S.O. Green always gets nailed, but just... Right. I mean, by the way, the, office reads, the office reads are so small at this point as a market cap that That's it barely great doesn't point. really matter. But Jamie Dimon, wow, it made me feel like that maybe you look at, maybe you go look at uh, Jonathan Gray again. He's got... What, Blackstone? Well, maybe not be as bad yeah. as you think. No, I don't. I think a lot of... But they are diversified. They're not in office space. No, they're That's not. the thing well, you need to remember. Turns out we to talk about commercial real estate. We're talking... Really, we're talking office space. If you have an A building... Not warehouses, not... Randall, you know, very good. We'll see. Blackstone reports on Thursday as well. Right. Quick reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim anytime. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club. Or you can use the QR code on your screen right there. It takes you 
right there. Watch uh, bonds today. Two-year got to 416, pretty much the highs of the month on the heels of this uh, hotter-than-expected empire survey. Ten-year got to 356 and pretty much where we are right now. Be right back. Take a look at Apple. Uh, Year-to-date gains about 26%. That's roughly three times the S&P's year-to-date returns. Uh, Tim Cook going to New Delhi uh, this week where he'll meet with Modi on Wednesday. Uh, part of their ongoing uh, initiative to diversify their supply chain out of China into countries like uh, India and Thailand and Vietnam. Dow's up 30. Stop trading with Jim's coming up next. Jim and stop trading. These are the kind of things that the bear's going to have to deal with. This morning, J.P. Morgan upgrades HPQ, which is the, is the symbol, but it's HP, saying that the, maybe it's over. Maybe the decline, which is about 30% decline, personal. Now, they did downgrade Dell, which is commercial. But this would be the beginning of a major turn. And that's what the bears have to most be afraid of, is that the trough in some of these incredible cycles that have been terrible uh, has been reached. I like this call very much. And Enrique Lourdes is doing a good job. So I'm putting this one in the very positive column. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, don't we get, do we get Taiwan Semi later in the week? Oh, yes. And that's going to be very interesting because uh, they really do every, you know, they're everybody. So we'll find out whether there's trough across the board data center. There was some talk about them cutting CapEx yes, a very that, bit. I mean, yes. they're at 28 to $32 billion a year at TSMC. And, and, Again, to the point of how expensive it is to make these mm-hmm. these and, uh, incredibly complicated oh, no, chips. The, you know, Lam Research is down 17 off of that. And ASML, Research, ASML, ASML was, was down fantastic. a bit too. ASML's like the one, well, let me just put it this way. You get ASML trades over there. It's down big. Right. But I, I, would, I would point out that when you have semiconductor capital equipment go, when that's talk about an industry, $2 billion, $2.5 billion shut down China, Lamb Research. And the <laughs> stock kept going up. That's how much they, they told them they couldn't ship to China. And the stock still went up. Meanwhile, tonight, Merck. Okay, I've got Merck Prometheus, so I'm in mode. Uh, what I think is very exciting about this Prometheus deal is that Mark McKenna, when he came, one of the most self-effacing guys ever to come on, just said, listen, this could be the big breakthrough. No hype whatsoever. And I think Rob Davis, who is anti-hype, and I think you said the same thing, did. Yes. Is, this is a big move. And they're not going to hype it, but they're very excited. That's good. We'll yeah. See you at 6. Absolutely. Mad Thank money you. tonight Thank uh, you. with Jim Cramer. When we come back, uh, U.S. Chamber CEO Suzanne Clark has a bone to pick with SEC Chair Gensler in a moment. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.